0: Welcome to the Better Future podcast series brought to you by Driven by Design Award programs. I'm Mark Bergen, the founder of Driven by Design, and joining me is... Kirsten Mann. I'm Global VP of Product Experience for Oracle's Construction and Engineering Global Business Unit. This podcast series is a special series where we focus on design in the boardroom. It's a series of in-field recordings and live panels with design giants from around the world. And we discuss how boards are leveraging design to accelerate economic outcomes. In other words, how is design being managed up, down and across the organisation? In this episode, Mark joins Loic to talk about services, product, and disruption. The layers here are about culture and choice. As organizations develop more direct relationships and touch points with customers, they have a choice to evolve their culture or risk an experience shift where the internal culture becomes damaging to the brand.
1: I'm Loic Sattler, I'm working here in Futures Berlin as a lead designer. We are here 60 people and in the global organization we are 550 people.
0: Now, you realize coming from Australia, getting Lurk out is going to be very hard, so we'd probably call you Lou if you came to <laughs> yeah. Australia, but Lurk <laughs> is so, it's so much more sophisticated. So listeners, you know that we always do a pre-conversation, so we're able to work out how to get the value here. What's really interesting about the conversation I've had with Lerick about his expedition in his career is, as a very young designer, he, um, he fell into the, the pattern that many designers are, which is, how do I win lots of awards and how do I get recognition for, my, for the portfolio, for the artefacts? But very quickly, he began to understand it was actually about the value exchange that he was creating for his, for his clients, and if he was able to create value for his clients then he was going to be able to go ascend in the organizations and probably keep his job exactly. and and the organization would keep the client so so from a human centered design perspective he's one of the unusual designers in the world that we meet who actually was thinking about the needs of the person commissioning the work not just the need of the 1% of the user base so so that that makes him a very interesting piece there but These days, most of his work is involved in transformation projects. Transformation projects for huge companies, which is under non-disclosure agreement, so we can't tell you who they are, but we're here in Berlin. It's a company that works throughout Europe. I think you can probably work out who they are. If not, just go look (laughs) at the company profile and you'll see some of their stories. So I'm not going to mention who they are. So what I'm interested in is, i want to go to the end the end game here about talking about transformation and and no matter how good the 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 partner is or the design studio there's some people who you can't do transformation for. And listeners, I think the, the best way to look at that is if you could imagine at the moment with uh, Johnny Depp and his, and his wife, Amber, who are going through hell as a divorce, you couldn't do a kitchen renovation for them at the moment and actually get a good outcome. And there's some companies that are like that. And if we go look at um, three economies in particular who are, who are struggling at the moment, You've got the German economy, which has the rise of a group called the AfD. Mm-hmm. You've got the Green Party here, who are also on the rise, and then you've got the traditional parties. Who um, people are saying we we not we're not so in love with the traditional anymore, and we're either we we want to go back in time, and we want to go back into a status quo that might be ten or twenty years in the past, which is where the Um, the AFD is. It's also where Brexit is. It's where the Americans are with Make America Great Again and also in Australia. We've got the same thing. So you see people who are trying to go back 20 years and then you've got other people who are very future focused who are saying we want to have a better future for our grandchildren's grandchildren and that's probably going to be painful. So they're the people who are leaning into the idea of transformation but there must be some in every organisation people who aren't leaning into the transformation and that must take up a lot of your time and skill to work out how do you bring them into the idea of a better future because human nature is that we think change generally means loss. So tell me a little bit about the work that you do there and how do you actually excite their imagination that the future will be better?
1: Yeah, well, uh, we... At Futurist, we we, we try to uh, create some tools and methodologies so that uh, we can provide people the tools and methodologies to to go forward and and shape their future. So basically, we're not shipping solutions to them. We are shipping tools and methods so that they can think about their future and and shape it the best way they can, actually. and that's what we've done so far with our biggest clients. And it seems like it's working pretty well. So uh, usually what we tackle is is interpersonal uh, things rather than uh, products and services. That means we tend to to get rid of silos and, and politics at client side. And this also relates to societal uh, um, topics uh, like politics, for example. right? Um,
0: so if we go think of you know the various phases that we've come through in transformation, the first phase was can you stop this being a fax and turn it into a electronic form, mm-hmm. and it was the same same fields of information just now in an electronic form,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and all we did was cut out the fax machine. <laughs> then some people said, oh maybe maybe there were some. F- that we were collecting that weren't mm-hmm. necessary mm-hmm. and so that they then reduced the number of fields on the electronic form. But they didn't get into how did, how did the information flow through the organisation and was that even the right way to address the customer's needs in the first place. So let's say we're in the third or fourth phase of, of transformation there. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine your clients are actually coming to you to ask for... You know, the current one plus a couple of versions out Mm -hmm. because they want to have a roadmap for their customers. Of course. So how do you imagine a roadmap for a company? Is that because the board is giving you direction and said mm-hmm. we from a strategy perspective, mm-hmm. forecasting, we're interested in these directions? Mm-hmm. Or where does that where does that start?
1: Yeah, well, interestingly, what we do usually is to making research with the, the C-level of, of the organization we work for. So that means, like, we want to have a statement of them, what their problems are. Uh, we expect full transparency on that. And if they give us all the details, then we do a lot of research internally with our designers, uh, mainly service designers. And then we shape a roadmap. And actually what we do is usually we work agile. So that means like we try to ship an MVP. So what, what we call actually uh, MLP, the most lovable product we can ship. <laughs> it's, it's typically futuristic, And um, then, well, then we deliver an MVP that we tend to then make grow bigger and bigger so that they like we we plant a seed and it has to you know grow bigger and bigger
0: okay yeah. and I, and i suppose something that's come up throughout this series of design the boardroom is that there's no standard reporting methods to go report up because every organization has exactly. a different culture exactly every project is an adaptation rather mm-hmm. than a engineering mm-hmm. planned rollout mm-hmm. yeah. so how do you help give the board and the c suite the confidence that you're creating those those benefits
1: yeah it's interesting because usually what they tend to think is that we're crazy people coming into their big organization big and solid organization and we want to shake everything but we have solid uh, cases and if we present what we achieved actually before uh, they are pretty convinced i would say so they they give us the keys and of course related to business right they give us also the money to proceed to this transformation and that, like you said i think each project is different and w- the organization did around 500 projects and uh, i think each and every one was different so you cannot you cannot constrain it into a something that you already know you are learning on a daily basis right and you have to learn with your client actually
0: so so the offer to them is that um It's a little bit like a sporting team, really, isn't it? That you're. Exactly. We've got the best sports people here Mm -hmm, to go mm -hmm. play the game Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. But we don't know what the opposition is going to do with us. Mm -hmm. But we know that we can probably score the goals better than other people. Exactly. And that's. So then, even if it's a a sporting team analogy, you get to a point that we know that there's success somewhere. And I know that you've got a concept here that is about impact mm-hmm. that's in there. So how do you put dimensions around, around impact? Is mm-hmm. it that there's a, a scoring system that mm-hmm. the organisation has mm-hmm. or are you using a un impact scale is there a um, world bank impact scale like how do you go give them something
1: because boards mm-hmm. boards like standard yeah, numbers to course, be comparative yeah, yeah yeah of course we we tend to relate to numbers and we we gather a lot of data and because we are a data-driven organization it means like the, the the more data we can gather the best we can compare what was at the beginning and what comes out at the outcome, right? So we gather a lot of of insights and information. Okay,
0: so you're using then, um, uh, uh, just about every board member can understand a chart which is going up, a chart which is going
1: down. (laughs) Trying not to do the Excel thing, but you get my point. And
0: and then that then comes into data visualization, which helps you, did you drop a logarithmic scale in there to help make it look better? But as long as you've got a consistent presentation format over longitudinal engagements, then people can begin to see that the trends are moving in the right direction. And so that that's a very important thing, that you're creating those tools that the people up can see it. Then dealing with the C-suite, you also have to go across the organization. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just be in one silo. Of course. And even though we talk about breaking down silos, Mm -hmm. there always is silos. I I think, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Even if you're in a band, Mm -hmm. the drummer and the bass player (laughs) seem to hang together more and the lead vocalist and the keyboard. (laughs) Okay, It's like there's just these natural groupings. Yeah. Yeah? So I think engineering and accounting are Mm -hmm. more likely Mm -hmm. to not like each other. Marketing and design. Yeah. 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 So how do you actually then begin to get that dream and the vision for <laughs> the company okay. and then take that across the organization? Mm-hmm.
1: So what we tend to, to, to do is shaping multidisciplinary teams, of course, and multicultural teams. And what we do here is we create the team for the client. So we have uh, client-based teams here. We don't split the, the, the knowledge um first and then uh, um, we tend to work on premises and so to work with the client hand in hand so that they see us every day so that they feel confident also saying the good things but also the bad things Uh, so it's about creating a family between us and the client so that that it's it's a win-win situation Rather than a win lose
0: situation, right? Ah, well, we're going to back. We'll we'll dig into a little bit of win lose and win win a little bit more. So, but okay. So then they, uh, so they understand that you're bringing them something which is a proposition that is to their benefit, the win win, Mm -hmm. because normal human behaviour is that Mm -hmm. it's when we change the status quo, we think it's about win lose. Mm, Exactly. Yet the company's foundation coming out of Finland. Mm That's an additive society. The of idea course. of win-win is, is you know, um, primary there. Mm-hmm. The same in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Germany's an interesting mix, mm. but then I suppose if you go down to your country of birth in France, mm-hmm. it's a little bit like Australia and the UK and the US. Mm-hmm. Most people think they might be actually in an extract, extraction society rather mm-hmm. than an additive society, exactly. so win-lose is, mm-hmm. is the normal mode. Mm-hmm. So then... Helping people to understand that there's a win win that's available to them, you must hit some people who are just hardwired that they mm-hmm. think it's always going to be win lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you then pass back to the client and say maybe these people aren't ready? That's, mm-hmm. that's beyond our brief. Mm-hmm. Is it something that you've got some magic tools that you've <laughs> got a box you pull
1: out? You know, I, I think I think the most magic tool we have is communication. And 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 like what we recommend is being as transparent as possible with our our people and with our clients. So that also means like our motto is we protect. We could also protect the client from himself because he makes also bad decisions and we are here as change agents to say hey look it's probably a bad decision and we're here to show you why and then we gather the data and we show them in a visual way because that data is not enough right you need to to transform it so that it makes a certain relevance and then they're pretty convinced I'm always interested in
0: in the gender of, of companies. I noticed there that you, you're referring to the company in a masculine sense. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to the very origins of companies, uh, which was came, came in about shipping, mm-hmm. and the sailors used to always refer to the ship mm-hmm. as a feminine persona mm-hmm. because if you looked after the ship, she looked after you. Mm-hmm. Yet the companies that were owning the ships... We're always talked in this masculine dominant and, and I and I wonder as we're going through this transform, transformation mm-hmm. and that you know, over the next twenty years, mm-hmm. are we going to see the gender of mm-hmm. the organization yes. become more about nurturing mm-hmm. and looking after you mm-hmm. and less about something being done at you? So I think, Mm, and and that that to me is interesting because there's languages that actually have gender, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. French being one of them. (laughs) Mm, Australia, we don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our our version of English hasn't evolved that far. But it is interesting about... If you're trying to go get into that win-win, <laughs> there's a nurturing aspect. Mm-hmm. The win-lose is a master servant. Uh, you're, somebody's going to actually mm-hmm. have to be on the bad deal here for somebody else to get something else. Mm-hmm. So you've had to go then build that culture internally yes. here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And your values for the culture that you're going to have to build... Mm-hmm are going to have to be a really strong Mm -hmm. co-supportive, very much like the sports team. Exactly. There's going to be somebody who does something extraordinarily well, Mm -hmm. but that's their specialty. Mm -hmm. And you don't need people to be generalists. You need them to Mm -hmm. be experts. Mm -hmm. So do you then take that that culture across into your clients? Because one of the things we've seen with Mm -hmm. organisations that Mm -hmm. have been very strong around design thinking Mm -hmm. is that there's some craziness where they're trying to go get somebody like an actuary Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know like this industry expert Mm -hmm. and they're trying to make them into a designer Mm -hmm. through giving them design thinking Mm -hmm. courses yet it seems it's probably better that they know about the principles Mm -hmm. of being human-centered and Mm -hmm. actually doing things for people rather than doing it at them Mm -hmm. but they don't have to be a designer themselves so how do you find that you're, you're building that great group of individuals who know how to work in concert mm-hmm. how do you take that across to your clients
1: yeah that's uh, that's a very good question uh, what we tend to do is like we hire um, we have a very like I would say strong focus on hiring the good people and uh, this is all about inclusivity uh, about equality so we have we have a 50/50 mark uh, women uh, male for example we we tend to this because we think it's it's the future. So actually what we tend to do is focusing on our culture first and act as an example for our clients and say, hey, look, it, it works. We are 550. It works super well. Uh, you have this and this problem. Let us take our tools and methods that we apply internally towards your organization. Okay. And that usually works pretty well.
0: Yeah, and I suppose you don't want to have an engineering company come and work for you that don't have good tools. You don't want to have a transformation organisation that doesn't of have the right tool from culture in that. culture. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so we've talked about you're being asked by the organisation down, mm-hmm. we want to change. Mm-hmm. And that's really an expedition, isn't it? There, they They deploy you and you've got no idea what you're going to discover. Mm-hmm. It's never what's on the pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have to report up to them and say, well, this is what we found. Mm -hmm. Some of it might be better than expected. Some of it may not be as good as expected. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to come up with a schedule of work that then says, well, we're going to try these initiatives Mm -hmm. and we're going to measure the impact that they've got. Mm -hmm. And then we know how to go talk across the organisation. Is that a unique circumstance for every company or is there going to be leverage that if somebody was a board member in one company Mm -hmm. and on another board Mm -hmm. and they engaged you in both companies would they see a pattern which is the company's unique intellectual property and methodologies that Mm -hmm. they could leverage or is it that you're rolling up everything unique each time
1: yeah it's basically i would tend to say it's basically unique each time it's it's completely different from from client to client and also it's like a, like we said it's always like regarding the people you meet so uh it depends on the personality you have in front of you right uh, some are very protective some are very open so we tend to empathize and to adapt to these people um you know you you are sometimes confronted to very strong minds, uh, so you have to to work and, and, and provide them sufficient uh, context so that they understand what is happening in their company. Usually also you have companies, for example, that they, they don't exactly understand what the problem is because uh, they're so deep into their daily business. So, you know, you have to shake everything and say, hey, we'll analyze and then come back with the frank truth here.
0: And so I suppose they're the... The, the trap here is if you thought it was like engineering or like accounting, mm-hmm. you're going to want to come up with something which is a prescriptive set of standards that people follow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the engagements here, are, they're more like um, having a, a legal partner mm-hmm. where every circumstance is unique. Mm-hmm. You want to have people who are giving you a good framework mm-hmm. for your situation, mm-hmm. but the idea that it's transportable between organizations is probably a foolish idea rather than an efficient idea. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah and, and this, this transformation is actually led by design and that's why we think in our company designers are really important because it, it's, it's actually their job to, to, to shape this this, right? It's not about, we, we were at the beginning, our DNA is a, is a software slash engineering uh, agency, and now we slowly transform into a design agency, you know, because we're shaping uh, the companies, their products, and their services.
0: Before we did the podcast, listeners, I, I had the pleasure of having a cup of coffee made for me. <laughs> but there was a unique moment when I was in the kitchen here, mm-hmm. Two dishwashers, and we've all been in companies where you don't know which dishwasher to put exactly. the to put the cups in. But then there was a sign, you know, like a um, doctor's rooms that says, you know, occupied, free, exactly. which was clean, dirty, exactly on the front of the dishwashers. Which gives me an idea that e- even in your own environment, that you're solving some of those maddening elements, which are very logical Mm. and simple to go solve but you're taking the time to go do that Mm -hmm. so to imagine for your clients that Mm. you're helping them to understand how to get rid of the small tolerances that exist as well as the big issues that Mm. are there yeah yeah,
1: exactly exactly
0: and so when when the signs were put on the dishwashers was that considered to be too much (laughs) to you know uh, t- almost ocd or was it welcomed by people
1: yeah it was super welcomed by the people because it, like it's like you said you you have to focus on your clients but you also have to focus on yourselves and we tend at futurist for example to to do a kind of 60 uh, 40 kind of split we we look a lot uh, towards ourselves and try to have better velocity, uh, and this this was a, a, a little part of it, you know. And everyone was happy. <laughs> then, and it it's
0: fascinating to see listeners, because when you've got such small details being dealt with, it's not like it's being over art directed. It's it's just why isn't it done that way, you know? And and then you start to take that as a standard uh, and. And that's impressed me in, uh, in the short time that we've been talking is there's this level of detail about getting rid of the intolerances, creating value, the, that value transfer needs to be there but there's also a humility rather than it being, it's not a flashy organization. It's actually, you do good work. It's probably not going to actually be something that stands out, wins an art director prize, but from a system design, service design perspective, you're doing phenomenal work, so look, Thank you so much for your time. Thank it's you. been a pleasure having a chat. And uh, and listeners, will um, no doubt this will be the first of several conversations that we'll have here, and we'll find out what other innovations that come into the company here. I'm sure there'll be many. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much.